This is Talking Points, a podcast of the Superintendent Radio Network, and this is a podcast about working across cultures. I'm your host, Kyle Brown. This is another of our series covering some of the big issues in turf. We're going to hit the highlights in just a couple minutes so you can know what you're talking about the next time it comes up on the course. Working across cultures is a huge issue for superintendents who thought that their biggest challenge was just going to be taking care of turf. And this is especially true for those who have to manage a team of people who come from different backgrounds. Dr. Amy Wallace of Wake Forest University School of Business has helped some supers do a great job of bringing people together. So welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you very much. Why is it important for superintendents to be able to work across cultures? Well, I think there are a variety of reasons. One is that our workforce within the United States is becoming increasingly diverse, and I find that that's particularly true among the superintendents that I've interacted with. I have uh, find individuals who have to manage across so many different cultures with all of the various individuals who are coming in to work for the superintendents, and then above and beyond that, the folks who are coming to their facilities, the clients who they're working with, who are becoming increasingly diverse. So I think that having an education and a background in understanding cultural differences and understanding tools for being effective at working with people who are diverse is an incredibly important skill for superintendents to have. One of the problems that golf is running into right now is that we're actually trying to bring more people onto the course and having a more diverse crew and having a more diverse clubhouse, you know, that's definitely something that more people will be able to see and a more diverse crowd would feel more comfortable with as well. And I think that one of the things that superintendents may not recognize on a day-to-day basis is that while they're in the process of simply managing their teams and doing their jobs, they are behaving as role models and their teams are looking at them to figure out how to behave, how to interact with other people, how to engage with folks who are different. And so I think that the more that superintendents create that culture within their staff, the easier it's going to be for those staff members then to interact with clients, to interact with one another, to welcome new and different people coming into the facility, whether as employees or as clients. So what are a couple, you know, maybe just one or two small steps that a superintendent can take to kind of bridge that gap? Well, I think first is recognizing that different does not mean bad, uh, that someone being different creates an opportunity to to learn from them, creates an opportunity to appreciate culture that's that's not like your own, to appreciate varying ways of doing things, to appreciate varying ways of interacting. And if we can adopt that mindset, that rather than thinking that we have to manage diversity, which often implies minimize it, uh, try to minimize the impact of it, try to pretend that it's not there, instead thinking about this in terms of how do we take full advantage of the diversity, how do we leverage the variety of perspectives that we have, the varieties of work styles and of ways of interacting with the world, if they can find a way to harness that, they can do great benefit to their organization. So the first step is really a shift in mindset from managing diversity to leveraging diversity. And that concept comes out of uh, a, a gentleman by the name of Martin Davidson, who's written a number of great books about this topic and is one of the leading academics in the field, but his books are, are remarkably well written and easy to read for folks who are not academics, <laughs> because you know academics can tend to uh, tend to prefer the really deep stuff. 
But I think that other things that can be done are things like not being afraid to ask questions. I think that sometimes we are socialized to think that if someone is different, we have to pretend that that doesn't exist, right? Everyone is the same in my eyes, and mm. uh, if I treat someone differently, maybe that feels risky or that feels unsafe or that feels as if I'm calling something out that I shouldn't be. And really what we're finding is that people who are best at managing diversity are folks who are willing to say, you know what, you and I are different, and let's talk about that, and let's figure out how our perspectives uh, might complement each other, how our perspectives might compete with each other, and what that means about how we're going to work together. And so it's okay to say to a colleague, tell me about your culture, tell me about your background, tell me about how people might work differently in your culture than they do here, uh, tell me about how I can motivate you and encourage you to want to share ideas with me, for example. So is that the kind of conversation that you'd have, you know, not not necessarily in a morning meeting, but maybe maybe talk to someone while you're you know, raking bunkers or something like that? For a lot of folks, it feels best to have that kind of conversation informally at first. And if you're trying to build a culture where difference is discussable, starting with informal conversations, starting with even simple things like hosting a day where folks bring in meals from their culture to a potluck lunch or something along those lines, or as you said, having those conversations while you're right next to each other working on a particular task, that that can feel safest and be most well-received. For some folks, having that conversation more formally is something that needs to evolve over time because it can be too intimidating to feel like you're, you're being asked by your boss about your background. And- <laughs> So it sounds like you're saying that uh, a couple of the really big things to do are to sort of think of these things more as as leverage rather than uh, having something that you have to manage and then also being able to start that conversation. Absolutely. And recognizing that as you start that conversation, you are serving as a role model. So how you handle those kinds of conversations and those kinds of situations is going to create a culture within your organization. I, I think, unfortunately, that leaders often fail to realize how much influence they have over how their folks behave, not by what they tell them to do, but by what their their employees see them doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Any other quick tips you'd like to add? Well, I do think that one of the the other elements of leading across cultures is recognizing that even within a group of people who seem very similar, you are going to find different cultures. And so don't just assume that because someone is of a different ethnicity or different nationality than you are, that that's the only opportunity to work with someone who's culturally different. The fact is, Kyle, that you and I may be very culturally different, Mm. even though on the face, we just look like two kind of average Americans, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, so I think that being aware that it's not just about differences in ethnicity or nationality, but it might be differences across generations. It might be differences across life experiences, and the willingness to explore and discuss all of those differences becomes important in this conversation. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, where can we find some more resources about this? There are certainly a lot of books out there on this topic. Uh, I mentioned Martin Davidson, who is a writer who does some fantastic work, and you can find articles if you simply do a, an internet search uh, for his name. You can find articles on the topic. If you're looking for books, there's a recent book uh, that I believe was just released back in May that's uh, called The Culture Map, and it talks through 
the invisible cultural boundaries that we have between us and how to break through those boundaries. It pulls together research that has been going on for many, many years and really takes a new perspective on some of that research. So I find that one to be a particularly interesting book. With regard to leading across generations, which again is another topic that often comes up when we talk about differences, mm -hmm. there's a book called Sticking Points, uh, which is based on this this idea that we are at the first time in American history that you have four generations in the workplace at the same time. And so they talk about the ways that that creates difficulty and how to overcome those difficulties. That one's called Sticking Points by Hayden Shaw. So I find that to be a really valuable resource. I think, though, that we need to keep in mind that probably the most valuable resource that any leader has available to them is the people that they work with, the people who work for them, the people that they work for. And so opening up to those kinds of conversations is your best way to learn about this topic. I'll, I'll definitely have to look into those, and you're absolutely right. All right. Well, thanks so much for your help today, Amy. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to the Superintendent Radio Network, the podcast of Golf Course Industry Magazine production of GIE Media, Inc. I've been your host and producer, Kyle Brown. You can find all of our podcasts on iTunes or the SRN page on golfcourseindustry.com. Talk to us at srn at gie.net or at GCI Magazine on Twitter. Thanks for listening.